Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one inspired page of Talmud each day. And on today's pages, Kiddushin 14 and 15, we learn a lesson that, as per usual with the Talmud, feels ripped from the headlines. Have a listen. The Gemara clarifies. And can it enter your mind that a Hebrew slave actually works both during the day and at night? But isn't it already stated, because he fares well with you, Deuteronomy 15, 16, which teaches that he, the slave, must be with you in food and with you in drink. All of the slave's needs must be fulfilled and his living conditions must be equal to those of the master himself. If so, he cannot be forced to work under unreasonable conditions. Now, Baruch Hashem, thank God, we have abolished slavery in just about all corners of the world. But the wisdom captured by the rabbis in today's page of Talmud is still painfully ignored. The worker, they tell us, must be with the boss in food and with the boss in drink, meaning that there oughtn't be any jarring, unthinkable differences or gaps between those who labor and those who pay the wages. All this isn't to say that we should rise up and abolish all ownership and aspire to a classless utopia in which all are alike. The rabbis are wiser than that. They know that there will always be those among us who are rich and those who are poor, those who are lucky and those who are not, those who are talented and ambitious and find their way to fame and fortune, and those who are content merely to schlep to the factory or the office or the shop every morning and toil for an honest day's pay. These differences are what makes us human. The rabbis, in other words, don't believe in equity or the idea that we should aspire to flattening sameness. They believe in excellence, a condition which is only possible if and when we remove all the man-made barriers that may keep a truly talented and hardworking and worthy person from ascending to the natural heights to which he or she can climb by sheer grit, talent, and dedication. And the rabbis, alas, also recognize that often those in power are very quick to build precisely such boundaries and barriers to make sure that those who are beneath them on the ladder of wealth and privilege and opportunity remain down. And so they warn us against such behavior, telling us that we must make absolutely sure that we don't create huge gulfs between people, the sort of chasms that make social mobility impossible. And sadly, we don't seem to be paying much attention to their wisdom. In 1965, for example, the ratio of CEO to average worker compensation was 20 to 1, which meant that the boss was probably driving a slightly nicer car and living in a house that was just a little bit bigger in a neighborhood that maybe had a few more nice amenities to offer. By 1989, the ratio shot up to 59 to 1. By 2020, it was 366 to 1. And by 2021, it shot up to 399 to 1. And it continues to grow, saddling us with precisely the sort of income inequality that creates two disparate societies, breeds righteous anger, and threatens to tear apart the entire American experiment just so that a few wealthy people could eat and drink without ever having to see their laborers eating and drinking with them. This month, the United Auto Workers launched their negotiations with America's car companies which, hallelujah, are posting record profits, 
In the last quarter of 2022 alone, for example, domestic car makers saw a profit of $32 billion, the largest profit in six years. And yet, negotiating with their employees, they proposed a host of onerous measures, including a two-tiered pay system that would make sure that newer hires get paid much less money for precisely the same work. And so, the union took an extreme step. Every year since the 1960s, negotiations began with the union president shaking hands with the car company bosses, a symbolic gesture suggesting that everyone around the table had the same interests in mind. This year, for the first time ever, the union boss kicked off the talks by shaking hands with his own union members. There's no point in having a big pomp and ceremony where we act like we're friends and we're working together when we're not, he said. And sadly, he's right. Here's hoping that the talks conclude to everyone's satisfaction. And here's hoping, too, that the bigwigs spend a minute reading a bit of Talmud and realize that there could be no just and thriving society unless the conditions of the workers are equal to those of the bosses themselves. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, please go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts and get your Take One t-shirts and mugs at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Rusquet, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnik, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one. Subscribe to our newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic.